Yo, I don't know if you know Kyle, but I think we were wearing the same things in that video. <laughs> a SodaCon <laughs> tickets are officially launched today. We're going to talk about that, talk about EV battery subscriptions and why fresh flowers work. Everywhere I go, the people really Why don't know fresh flowers I, work? I, I, they work for a look, lot of I things. I saw that. I can't wait to get to that article because I saw that and I was like, okay. Okay, this is something I can we can we can pull this down to auto real quick. So we'll yeah. get to the fresh we flowers. Will. Isaac, put that banner back up on the screen, will ya? The Asotocon banner. So we pre-registered. Uh, we had a pre-registration list for Asotocon tickets that you know, uh, maybe you know you were on it. That registration list had access. Oh, that just cycles on and off really quick. It doesn't stay up there, does it? <laughs> that banner. It's okay. It's, <laughs> it's okay. That's all right. We'll get it. We'll so the pre-registration, they they were able to buy tickets on Tuesday. And then we just kind of snuck it out to our email list yet or this morning. And now everybody on the podcast world knows tickets are officially open. And the next step is we're actually going to talk about it on social media. So we wanted to give the OG community first dibs at the tickets as of, uh, what was it, as of 6 a.m. this morning. Uh, we have 600 tickets. There are 453. There's actually less than that because I saw a couple I orders come through. Yeah, definitely less than that. Yeah. So... Yeah, we, we, yeah, get, so look, get in line quick because we just announced them and we, <laughs> yeah. between collaborators and speakers and the people that like bought them between t Tuesday and today, they are flying off the shelf and we know that it's going to be a high energy event for sure. And you know, know what's got me feeling really special is that people trust that it's going to be an amazing event. Obviously, <laughs> you know, you're going to get the energy, right? If you haven't, like, yes. we just bring the energy every day as best we can, and you're going to have a great venue, and all the meals are included, which is great, and the hotel block is very affordable, and it's an amazing hotel. So, like, that's the stuff that people know, but we haven't announced a single speaker yet. <laughs> I know. That's really wild. And we have, I mean, I think people know by this point, right, that, like the very first live stream ever for a Sodu was Rhett Riker drops on camera first thing, right? So you, it's Straight not like we're going backwards, too. right? No, no, yeah, no, we're no, not no, going no. backwards on any of that. We're just going to keep pressing into, and we were talking yesterday, we were actually working through some of the content and just the way the panels and things are going to be structured. And we've got, a, you know, probably 90% of everything locked down from speakers Thing. And we're really trying to do a good job of, hey, you're going to see a lot of the people that you've seen in the Asodu uh, arena, uh, so to say, for a long time. Yep. You know, you're going to see some some new people to Asodu that you might have seen in other places across the industry, NADA, Digital Dealer, DMSC, places like that, that that are really crafting a new conversation. But then we're, we're really working on a subset that is also part of the conversation that you may have never seen on a stage before, oh, that you may sure. have never met the industry partner, that you may have never met the dealer um, and, and we want to bring that kind of freshness, newness, uh, and then we're going outside of the industry too. So as we start to announce speakers, you're going to see some of the people that are outside of the industry or, um, or, you know, thought leaders that, that are pushing the boundaries of retail or culture or experience, um, in, in a way that, that we're just trying to bring more of those thoughts into the automotive industry and kind of like bridge the gap between all of retail. One of the cool things about, how a Sodu has kind of evolved over the last two years is, you know, we, we talk about a Sodu as not being a media company, but as being more like a record label, right? And that's right. our vision and our goal for it is to like just grab all the best bands and the obscure artists and, and like put them together and like show our community like these people are freaking awesome. 
right? Yes, and then exactly. it's been fun to watch over the years people that have actually kind of broken the ice in their public appearance or social media, you know, exploits through a Sodu, and now right. I see them everywhere, right? Everywhere. I'm seeing on every news network. <laughs> people are reaching out. They're like, people have responded like, yo, I was on a Sodu, and then like calls and emails just started coming in. And so I, I think we're bringing some of that freshness to this event. I think there are going to be people that are at our uh, a SodoCon that all of a sudden are going to become center point to the conversation in auto. Right. So um, we're going to be announcing speakers very soon, um, and we're going to be announcing some amazing collaborators that we have. We got rid of the word sponsors a long time ago because anyone who wanted to be <laughs> a part of a SodoCon on a sponsorship level were like, there's a requirement on you as well to actually collaborate in the event, to bring the community together, to think of how you can connect the dots and serve the broader automotive community and so like i'm also super excited to bring that mentality to an oh, automotive yeah. event and so yeah it's september 11th through 13th in philly uh get tickets there's still tickets left for dealers and industry partners the industry partner tickets are going to go super quick because we only have a very small allocation for those and it's an all-inclusive event all the meals are included we have evening entertainment included we haven't talked a ton about but we're converting in space over from conference mode to entertainment mode and literally we're going to have a silent disco look it up we're going to have live karaoke <laughs> we're going to have live djs and we're bringing in like nashville's hottest band to play an outdoor event where we're going to invite everyone from the industry. I mean, everyone that wants to drive to this event. If you work in a dealership, if you're a lot attendant, if you change the trash, Brilliant. if you're a BDC rep, you can actually come to the event for free. And we're just going to, yes. we're going to teach you how amazing retail auto is not just your store, yes. but all the stores. So we hope you go to a sodocon.com, buy tickets, sign up for updates because we're about to start going a slew of announcements of speakers and collaborators and all the good things that are happening. We're almost to that 60 day mark. Almost. I'm already feeling like that anxious energy about it. <laughs> Let's go. Right? I'm already feeling the anxious. Oh, I got man. the microphone twitch, like my hand with the mic in it yeah. gets twitchy. Here we go. Here we go. Flipping it around. I just, it I around. just picture it's myself like, as like Eminem with the hood over. Dunk, 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 dunk. <laughs> right? about to go. All right. That might be a walk-up song for something. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> we got to do it. We got to do it. All right. Let's talk about some news. Um, well, you know, first, Paul, can we can we just say, because if you listen, if you're a regular listen to the pod or, or watching on the live stream, just having Steve Greenfield on oh, yesterday and man. some of, the, some of the, the thoughts and the conversation that he was able to draw out. If you haven't caught that episode, make sure you go back and listen or catch it. We've, we're, we're dropping some of like his quick thoughts on LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, you're going to want to catch some of that stuff because it really is a he's got a really clear picture and he does a very, very good job at being studious about the way the industry is right now and the way the industry is headed and just drawing straight lines for both dealers and industry partners on just all the players and what the market's doing and how market forces are impacting real-time data and uh man just that that guy i thought I'm about it you, for the rest not of the following day. on linkedin ah it was it was the rest of my day i had i had four phone conversations because of the conversation with Steve that I was like, I got to call this person <laughs> right. and talk to what I talked about with Steve. Is right. that way? No. And that's the real value. I think of, you know, when you think of the word thought partners, right. I, yes. I'll think of myself as a thought partner with Steve, but really he contributes most of the thoughts. Right? <laughs> I just sit here and nod my head. Yeah. That's great. That's great too. Yeah. That's great too. No, but for real, when you expose yourself to like a broader level of thinking, 
It helps you make better decisions and contextualize what's going on in front of you today. Kyle, you had a great quote yesterday. You said, every horizon has a now, right? Mm. And meaning that as you're looking over, I'm like, hey, I see the light from behind the horizon. It's actually called the maze. I see the maze, the light that's coming from that city over there. But in order to get there, there's some steps I have to take now. And now I can orient myself in the proper direction. So the conversation with Steve, like Kyle said it again, download the podcast and listen to it at 2x speed if you need to to get through it. Put it in your ear. It's going to change your perspective in a way that um, we believe you can deploy to today. Uh, if not, just follow us on LinkedIn. And we're kind of like give you those 30 and 60 second bite-sized chunks that we try to edit them up and make them look, you know, have, make them a lot of fun to watch as well yes. but yeah man that that's good good bring up that was definitely worth talking about again these level conversations these higher level conversations i feel like position all of us to make the case for the franchise retail automotive industry that on, franchise man. retail auto should be and is and can be the very best solution for solving the transportation needs of this country moving forward. I know there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of things. Paul, changing. you're going to get us on a whole nother tent. We're not going to get to the news today. Man, I'm just, I don't I'm know. There's, there's, <laughs> it is, we got to keep beating that drum more because that is the yeah. truth and we know it's the truth. We need to make sure that OEMs and legislators and the general consuming public understand and believe that the Without retail auto dealer is actually there to serve them. And we're going to get there, little by little, little by little. We're gonna get All there. right, let's talk about some news, I guess. We need to segue. Speaking of the news. Stop. Segway. <laughs> Time. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I'll take it. Okay, th this is an automotive news story from this morning. This is something I, I, I heard of VinFast before. I didn't realize right. what they were doing. Um, so they're beginning to sell EVs. But the most interesting I thing I thought about this story was the fact that they're leasing or having subscriptions for the battery in the vehicle separated from the actual vehicle. This is something we've been talking about a lot. Like, it's hey, nuts. people don't know how to finance the battery in the vehicle, right? How is it going to depreciate? What's the useful life? Is there going to be a warranty that transfers to the new owner? And VinFast was like, yo, we're going to take a swing at this. They're like, this is what it costs to lease the car. And this is what it costs for the battery subscription. And get this. So they have, they have two models, the VF8 and the VF9. One's a two-row vehicle. One is a three-row SUV. Um, the prices for those vehicles start at $40,000 for the 8, $55,000 for the 9. And the battery subscription goes like this. It's $35 a month for a low-mileage lease on the, v, on the 8 and $44 on the 9. So you pay $35 or $44 a month and you get 310 miles. I don't know how they calculated that, but 310 miles of range. And then if you go over that range, you pay an additional 11 cents or 15 cents a mile, depending on the model. And if you just want unlimited miles, then it's $110 a month or 160 a month. And that's just for the battery. It's Okay, <laughs> first of all, let, Here let me go. just say. I don't even know fully how to it's, finish this story. I think it's I think it's genius, right? I think that, you know, we talked about with Steve actually yesterday, this idea that the hardware and the software are now, that, that they can be separated in their, in their use case for the individual owner, right? And so this is an example of that. It's like, okay, now we've actually, we've really got two hardware pieces because we got the technology of the actual vehicle and the technology of the battery. Mm -hmm. So how do we separate them in the way that a consumer purchases or leases them? The problem is, is what that presents is like, you still have to build the original car, right? And so you've still got a 40 to $55,000 car, 
that now has an additional, I mean, 310 miles, bro. There's nobody in, in Nashville. There's nobody that does three. <laughs> like I'm the only person in the world that does like close to 310 miles in two weeks. Okay. Right. So you got to go unlimited two miles. hours to go six miles. <laughs> it's, right? it's unbelievable. Right. So, so you got to go. So now you got an additional 110 to $160. Now I think that it's just a precursor for someone else, maybe doing it more efficiently or better. And just, it, it's kind of that like, or early, you know, my friend, our friend Ben Hadley always says like, sometimes early looks wrong. Yeah. And I think that that could be the case here, but I think it's an ingenious move to think, okay, we've got software as a service in the car. We've got hardware as the, as the, as the body. And then we've got hardware as the battery and kind of thinking about those in, in subsets in ways of approaching the hardware and software of the technology of a vehicle purchase, I think is going to be a mechanism that allows like, yeah, I mean, we were talking about Jim Farley and them coming out Ford saying like, we're not going to allow customers to purchase their lease. Well, this could be that like side option. I still want the car. I want the core. It feels good. All the software involved with it. I've upgraded all this type of stuff, but really all I need is the battery. You need a battery back and I need a new one. Yeah. Right. So smart. I I like what you said, you know, I wore, wore my innovation is a choice shirt today. Right, like taking a swing at it and saying like this is a way we can solve the problem, it's not going to be the place we land, right? Right. I think it does a few things. Number one, and I think the the biggest uh, challenge with it is it adds a layer of complexity to a vehicle contract, right? And people don't like to keep track of things, right? They don't like to keep track. Who's just tell me what it costs and like that's what's the whole premise behind subscription services in general, right? Let's get (laughs) the insurance in there. Let's get all that in there. And so this does add a level of complexity to it. However, it is a proposed solution for solving that problem. I think people, it takes one person to throw something on the table and then before you know it, everybody starts iterating on it and then you find something that consumer, the consumer actually likes. So, I mean, conventional, if anything, if we take anything away from this, it is that conventional thinking, the way we used to do finance, the way we used to handle products and software and leases and subscriptions, like- Bye, Felicia. Bye. <laughs> oh man talk about teeing it up yeah exactly dead 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 on arrival it's gone so just stop looking back and saying well you know what we used to do right that's those are the words of how many of you know what we used to do i don't know it's like eight words of death do you know what we used to do yeah what we've always done those are those are two phrases that'll get you in trouble real real quick no kidding no kidding all right let's talk about something a little bit more uh pleasant Light and pleasant. Uh, Okay, so this is, I ran across this and it's it's not like a real, it's not a timely story, but it's a really interesting story. Um, You know what this story triggered in me when I I saw it and started, it triggered some level of nostalgia, actually. hmm, All of a sudden, all these memories and thoughts of experiences I had with this came up. So for me, I'm in a nostalgia mode. Go ahead. All right, so uh, I think it was CNN did an article about why flowers are placed at the front of grocery stores. And it was really insightful. So uh, the the founder of CEO, founder and CEO of behavioral research and consulting firm EnviroSale uh, stated that the reason why flowers are positioned at the front of grocery stores is mainly 
to enhance and engage someone's nose and saliva glands so that they become a less disciplined shopper. Meaning <laughs> if they smell an intense, because your, your smell and your taste are very well, are, are very closely aligned. So if you walk into a grocery store are immediately hit with an engaged experience for your senses, which you have eyes on beauty, right? You have your nose being engaged with the beauty of the smell of a flower, which then activates your saliva glands. You're actually more prone to purchase at a quicker rate walking into a grocery store. Or, or less it price also, sensitive, probably. What's that? Less price sensitive, probably, as well. Right, exactly. And, and then what they also stated is that you've got this sublim subliminal messaging that everything in the store is now fresh, right? Yeah. Because the first thing you saw is fresh stem cut flowers, you know, in pots, growth, all of that, that the whole rest of the store is fresh. And the the the, the, the real puncher is even though that even though these flowers only account for one to three percent of the total volume of purchases in a grocery store, their margins are some of the highest at over 47 percent. So this is the, I, what's funny is like I didn't write the takeaway on this. You actually wrote it. I, I didn't have time to this morning and we were on the same on the same line is like thinking about the retail experience as a journey is so impactful and what can you do when people enter the journey whether digitally or in the showroom to engage the senses that are necessary for them to make purchasing decisions man i you know hotels <laughs> hospitality does this a lot with with right. scents right aromas yes. that come in and it really does set the tone we were just at uh, the omni uh, what was it was the omni resort we were just in in virginia in virginia the grove park inn the grove yeah. park right omni grove park I noticed several times throughout the hotel that I would just get a whiff of like a scent and it totally put me in a different mood. And it's pretty inexpensive yes. to do that. Not saying like you have to do that, but really thinking about setting the mindset when you come in, because we know already that the consumer mindset walking in our store is not a positive one, right? Right. It's one exactly. that is, is full of anxiety. If someone walks into the service department, right? There's something probably went wrong in their life, right? Which is why they're coming to yep. see you. Well, it's funny because actually Brian Benstock and Patrick Abad, two of our good friends, both say the same thing about their service experience. And one thing that they do on purpose is they bake fresh cookies multiple times throughout the day because that the fresh cookie reminds you of like coming home mm. and being in a comfort, a comfort place, right? Eating that fresh cookie and milk or whatever. And so doing that it, to engage the senses in a service department, right? It's like, and then some people do popcorn, right? Yeah. But that's like entertainment, right? Think yep. of like what popcorn does as opposed to what cookies do in a service department yeah. and what that does for your sense. It's really wild. You start to think about the psychology of what that, how that can impact you know, decision-making. I have a thought. I have a thought. Go so for it. Go. What, when you think of what a dealership has done in the past, probably for the last 50 years, to give a sense of something when you're driving by the lot, what have you seen dealers do on a sale day or something like that? What happens to the vehicle? Balloons. Balloons, right? So there balloons, he is. Balloons and popcorn, right? So that's kind of been our version of doing that. Right. What if we did flowers? <sighs> we did some flowers on the cars. I think that would like set a different tone for the store. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. We just like, it's easy from our seat to just iterate and be like, somebody do this. Somebody do this. <laughs> somebody try it. Right. But I bet it would work. I love taking, you know, we try to take cues from retail 
Because the consumer mindset is like retail is dialed into how somebody feels and what influences right. their mood and their feeling when they're in purchase and consideration. And we know by um, all the data shows us that an automotive purchase and consideration is one that is full of anxiety and pressure and stereotypes and all that. So I think we have to work twice as hard. I think we can if, take this. Uh, honestly, if you ever want to do some research on the way that a retailer enhanced like an ability for someone to purchase that was in their line, go check out and whether you you like the brand or not abercrombie and fitch their retail experience especially in the late 90s early 2000s I remember was, it well kyle I remember I, oh yeah it well. well if you were in if you were in the vicinity of it you I remember it well school. oh yeah right <laughs> right you could find your way to the abercrombie and fitch store in the shopping mall remember those um yeah from the other side of the shopping mall, they would like, like empty a bottle of cologne <laughs> in the store every single day but it really exactly. did man it really did drive that home all right let's speaking of things in the past stop Segway. Time. For one reason or another, I was like this morning, it's like, what happened this day in history? <laughs> I don't know why. We've <laughs> never we do it in the email sometimes. We've never done it on the morning show. But I, I, I did a quick search, and thanks to the History Channel, realized that today in 1930, July 7th, the construction of the Hoover Dam began we all are familiar with the hoover wow. dam um you know and kind of like the size and the scale of it so planning actually to build it began 30 years earlier it took twenty-one thousand men working around the clock the think about that 21,000 people working ceaselessly it says for five years and this part this part is nuts they finished two years ahead of schedule two years and millions of dollars under budget said no construction firm ever ever since <laughs> then that was the last time that happened <laughs> they were like this sucks we had two years right two years ahead of schedule how about all that planning we did for those two years um so what what i loved about this is this this was an energy production story and a story of how we could take the resources we have implement implement some ingenuity and some big dreams right and 30 years prior they saw a horizon right? And they started taking steps then. And now it generates hey. power and still does for over a million people. And it actually, I didn't realize this provides reliable water source for millions and millions more. So I thought that was just interesting. Wow. It's always fun for me. I love like what happened in history, but to, to realize that like, man, there were people on that hustle back in the early 1900s and granted, I mean, not granted, but judging by the effects and the under budget and the early they were on that hustle pretty dang hard. They were on it hard. That's right. That's right. So we know you are on the hustle with us today. Look, if you haven't gotten a SotoCon tickets, we hope you do it because we're going to continue that hustle. But whatever it is, just think that horizon over there has a now. So look down at your feet and be like, what can I step next? How can I step next? <laughs>